Hello and welcome everyone to episode 18 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by the one and only Will. How's it going, man? It is a pleasure to talk to you again. It's going well. Uh, we recently registered for Hartford, you and I, so that's exciting. Going to be, I think, definitely my first regional. I think yours too. So that'll be a fun experience. I think we already got our one and eight declarations out of the way. So yep, we're all good. Check all that set. box off. Yeah. So we'll just we'll meet in the finals and it'll be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll be a great <laughs> story, and we're probably going to end up bringing the same team. So yeah, we'll have a great mirror match final. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. It's going to be my first one as well. I am super nervous. I've never even done like a local event or something like that. Like the most that I've ever done VGC in person with somebody, I guess, would be like just battling a friend that's sitting across from me or something. But otherwise, it's going to be it's going to be real weird. And I've never I've also never been to Connecticut. So that'll be cool. Since we are going to Hartford. So that'll be neat. Yeah, you're right. This is, I haven't done any locals either because I started getting into this during uh, COVID when there weren't really any locals. So this is going to be my first one, too. I, get, I guess my only experience battling somebody in person is when I played against James Beck at Wolfie's Midtown Gym. So I guess I'm 1-0 against a pro. That's a good start. There you go. Yeah, it's true. That's true. You have uh, you have those competitive legs underneath of you that uh, you're going in with serving a you know fat L to one of the best out there. Yeah, I just need everyone at Harper to bring a theme team and tell me what the theme is ahead of time so I can counter team it. There you go. There you go. Well, cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on as well. Today, we have quite a lot to get into because if you didn't know, there were two Regulation C regionals that happened that we definitely want to get into and talk about. But of course, we do have some news to chat about first because there actually is some pretty good stuff out there. And then we'll jump into the Fort Wayne and Sydney recaps, as well as look at some of those over-unders, those predictions that we made, see how they all played out. So let's jump into it. Will, do you want to take this first one, please? Sure. Our first bit of news is that Pokemon Stadium will be coming in a Nintendo 64 expansion pack on Nintendo Switch Online. That drops April 12th, which is a week from today as we're recording it. So by the time you hear this, less than a week. Um, right now, there's no news about any sort of connectivity to home or any versions of red, blue, or yellow. I personally would be pretty skeptical if that stuff came out, but that'd be a nice surprise. But yeah, Pokemon Stadium, 3D battling online with uh, some nice, charming, outdated graphics. Yes, and of course, the uh, Gen 1 Pokemon Stadium Venusaur that became a meme because of how bloodshot its eyes got whenever it used Solar Beam. Did you, did you <laughs> play Stadium or Stadium 2? I did. I've mentioned this before, and I'm aging myself here, but I've been playing Pokemon since like the original. So I remember going to the store to pick up Pokemon Blue when it came out. So I absolutely played the original Pokemon Stadium. I love those games so much. The the mini games were so fun. I had no idea that apparently based on your Pokemon files, you could actually have interesting or like you could actually change the Pokemon that would be in the mini games. Like there was like that that Scyther cut 
mini game in one of them. And it's like, if you actually had a scissor in your game, then it could be a scissor in the mini game. I never knew any of that. I just always just played with whatever I had, but they were still a ton of fun. I had no idea any of that happened. I mean, I guess when this came out, like the internet probably wasn't a thing. So I don't know how I would have figured out a lot of this stuff. But it, it might be cool to, to do check it out, especially I think they have, I think it's going to have online multiplayer for the mini games, if I'm not mistaken, which would could be neat. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe we'll turn into the uh, Pokemon Stadium trainer podcast at some point. Yeah, uh, discuss that metagame. <laughs> there's definitely something there for, for Magikarp Jump, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm really into these balanced teams on uh, Pokemon <laughs> Stadium 64. <laughs> so this next one here, I will take this. Uh, the next online competition has been announced. It is called the Global Challenge 2023. There is no gimmick like there was with the Paldea Prologue where you could use Coridon or Miraidon. Instead, it is Regulation C rules. Now, the cool thing about this is in addition to getting 10,000 League points and a Pokeball backpack in-game, assuming you complete at least three battles, trainers will also complete for championship points. That's right. You can get CP from playing in this. The top finisher will earn 160 CP with decreasing amounts all the way down to the number 1,024 person earning 5 CP. Now, this is broken out into Masters, Seniors, and Junior Division based on your trainer profile. So there's a great, this could be a great opportunity for some people to pick up, you know, some CP is especially for those that are maybe in the lower divisions, like or the, the younger divisions rather, like juniors and seniors, because if there just isn't that population, but the numbers are still going to shake out the way they do, you could get a lot of CP for this for running like a ladder team, you know, that's not necessarily an, an open team sheet like you would at a regional. Yeah, and for people that like can't travel for whatever reason, you exactly. can get your CP from the comfort of home. Yeah, it's pretty nice. This reminds me of those they did this on sword and shield what they call those like the it wasn't like the team challenges but it was something like that right uh team challenges i don't know i they think did something it, like this because i think like wolf played in, in a couple of them i think i think he oh, won like at players least cup? Is that the players cup yeah, yeah that's exactly what it was called yeah um and th those are really cool that was that was a way for people like you said that weren't able to travel to really show up and which we've seen i mean the fact that we've had multiple first time regional winners going to their first ever regional i mean the the vgc landscape is is massive at this point so people that just don't have the beans to go to a regional or it's just not close to them this can be a great opportunity yeah for sure all right will do you want to take this last one please sure the last one we have our next raid event announced this is a five-star data raid that's going to be coming this upcoming weekend so april 7th through the 9th um, these are guaranteed to have at least five perfect ivs so this is great for breeding if that's how you fancy getting your competitive Pokemon ready. <laughs> yes. Um, and also PSA for people that are doing these, if you're going to be, you know, farming them for rewards. If you are the host, please lead something with that's like level one, like a magic carp or something that has like one or two moves max because the ditto will transform into you and none of the other people. So you should be able to just roll through these easy peasy and get, you know, whatever rewards they are, are shelling out. Yeah. Which if you see good. people leaving your uh, raid after it's starting, it's because you're picking like your Maridon or whatever. And people are going, yeah, this is not worth my time. Yeah. If you're the host, do not bring iron hands. I know it's, 
it's just it's right there all the time but just don't bring iron hands if you're the host unnecessary yep you're just making it harder for everyone else <laughs> also there was a last bit of news that just broke uh today when we recorded this but um there will be a code for a palafin that will be going around during the euic which is in a couple weeks i believe so definitely stay on the lookout for that uh the code's gonna pop up i'm sure we'll be able to have it posted in our discord but it is on from from one of the the winning teams i believe right did you see this through i saw it yeah i don't remember whose uh team it was let me look it up quickly because i do want to give this person credit yeah uh this is from gavin michael's team Gavin Michaels. Okay, cool. So it's like the benefit there, of course, is that Palafin has one of those weird evolutions where you need to do a union circle. So if you don't have somebody that you are able to do a union circle with, this could be a great opportunity to get a very strong Pokemon that is already going to have that water terror type. What you know, it's obviously going to come with that anyways, but something to to keep in mind. But cool. Um, that is the news. So let's move on to the topic at hand. Looking at Fort Wayne and Sydney. So the Regulation C meta kicked off this past weekend with two regionals on opposite sides of the globe. Or I guess uh, on opposite sides of the globe. I was going to make a flat earth joke, but I decided (laughs) not to. (laughs) Um, So Justin Tang wins his second regional this year in only his third appearance. And he top cut his uh, in the, in the one that he didn't win. And he won Fort Wayne and Liam Gilbert won Sydney. So massive congratulations to both of them. Some key takeaways that I saw from looking at these teams. I mean, Palafin, Baxcalibur, Balance is absolutely everywhere. Fisher, Ting, Lu became a massive story, of course, in the Fort Wayne regionals. Fluttermane and Amoongus had a massive spike in popularity. And some new mons that entered the meta that really showed off what they could do is a support Gyarados and Dragapult. So we sort of, sort of, you know, go there, but jump into it, I guess. Um, Will, were there any of those that also resonated with you or anything that you really took away from the kickoff to these regionals, right? Right, Relation C. The balance domination is something to see here. And yeah. there's like, seems like such little variety here in the top six. Um, and we were seeing a lot of it in the online tours leading up to it. Yes, but it is stark to see right now. I mean, there's a Fluttermane on pretty much every team. Ting Lu's everywhere. Among Us is everywhere. There's an Intimidator on pretty much every team. Yeah, and Fluttermane in particular. So just to put into into perspective, there are seven Fluttermane in the top eight. It was at 64% usage on day one teams and like 75% of those Fluttermanes went on to day two. Frankly, if you're not using Fluttermane, you're throwing at this point. It is so incredibly good, even with Ting Lu. Like, people are running Fluttermane and Ting Lu on the same teams and just don't care. They're like, you know what? I'm either going to be able to pivot and position around to not worry about this special attack drop, or I'm just going to have them both out at the same time, and it's going to be such a bulky Fluttermane anyways. I'm going to be able to get two attacks off because your opposing Fluttermane isn't doing as much damage to me. 
Yeah, and like I've been trying pretty unsuccessfully to build teams for this regulation so far. And like I keep landing a, a very similar team, which is I'm like, oh, that's my team. It's five physical attackers. That's probably not good. I should throw on a special attacker. Well, that's kind of an easy choice of who that should be. Yep. I mean, Ghost Fairy is just such an amazing typing. Its speed stat is insane. I mean, yeah, sure, it speed ties with Chen Pao, but yeah, you know, a lot of them aren't even running max speed. But then if you do, then you also have booster energy if you want to change that around, but still have protect. And then, of course, choice choice specs is always strong. And then Chi Yu popping up as well. I mean, just Fluttermane in and of itself is in a great spot. And then it pairs really well with Amoongus. I mean, obviously that it doesn't necessarily have the poison resistance. It doesn't necessarily have an a steel resist, and it doesn't have a, a ghost resist either. But the combination of Fluttermane, Amoongus, and Arcanine—it just it works really well for pivoting purposes. Yeah, and Palafin too. Like yes. those four, it's just you keep switching them out, maneuvering them, and fight for that position, and then you can just win games. Yeah. Also, so with that being said, some of the other, so like that Palafin Baxcalibur balance team. So we had touched on this before with one of the teams that we'd suggested that people need to be on the lookout for. And it was very specifically the Fluttermane, Amoongus, Arcanine, Palafin, Tinglu, Baxcalibur team. So that six core, we don't necessarily see in the top eight of Fort Wayne, um, but there's like slight variations on that where we do see a team that is from Fiona and it's Fluttermane, Amoongus, Chiyu, Gyarados, Ting, Lubax, Calibur. So you have your fire type, you have your water type as opposed to it being, you know, Arcanine and Palafin, it's Chiyu and Gyarados. Or then we have for um, Luca, we have Fluttermane, Amoongus, Arcanine, Palafin, Tinglu, and then King Gambit instead of Baxcalibur. So you have five of the six, and then you have your Steel type as opposed to your Dragon type. So it's just that core seems to work really, really well together. Yeah. Like you said, you could do the Arcanine, Palafin bit, and you have your Fire, Water, Intimidate, or Chiyu, Gyarados, and you have your Fire, Water, Intimidate. You're yep. kind of just filling check some of the same boxes obviously they play very differently she's going to play a lot to win arcanine but in terms of like team comp you end up getting something that looks pretty similar very very true what is interesting too and in looking at fort wayne versus sydney is that in sydney there were three wochians in the top eight all three of which also had glamora so you have that sort of like not necessarily stall but that like damage over time uh, type of build and even like two of the teams in the top eight are exactly the same with yeah. at least the, the six that were brought with Fluttermane, Wochien, Chi Yu, Gyarados, Ting Lu, and Glamora. I think it's the same team. I'm looking at it now. I think they literally just brought the same team. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, having you know what, three of the Ruin Mons on the team is is pretty neat, and then just sort of building from there. So it is interesting to see how the, the difference between the two regions where you're going to see a little bit more stall maybe in OCIC and then just, or in, in the Oceana rather, 
and then a lot of balance in, in the U.S. where you might typically see a little bit more offense, which I guess you do see since we do have like a Sun team. We do have a little bit of Dozo, Solo Dozo, Solo Dozo from Nails, which is a very interesting team that we definitely want to get into. You know, it's similar between the two regionals. What's that? Fluttermane. It's on yep. eight of Sydney's top eight. Wow. Seven 15 of, of the top, 15 yep. of the 16 in the two top eights. That's insane. And then, of course, Fisher, Ting Lu. So I know that by now the video of Wolf and Sierra Dawn has sort of made its rounds a little bit where Wolf a little goes off on Fisher, saying that if you use it, I don't respect it and you shouldn't <laughs> be using it. I mean, Fisher is an interesting move, right? 30% chance to, to hit. And if it does boom your pokemon's gone and sure some of the games will go where you don't hit a single one and then maybe there's gonna be that one game that happens where you hit four of five and it becomes like you know kind of an issue that it feels like you you lost because of that that happened to uh luca when they played fiona in round 13 of swiss it was on stream Fiona over, I think it was three games, hit like four or five Fishers or something like that. And it's like some people are just going to meme and they're just going to say, oh, that's a skill issue if you, you know, if you get hit or it's a skill skill issue if you miss. But I think there is some aspect of it being like you have to respect it, if nothing else. The fact that it could always hit, like you have to start targeting that Ting Lu if it just keeps hitting that move. Or you have to do something to be able to redirect it or have a flying type or something. Because otherwise, it really can be that 30% of the time, 100% of the time. Yeah, a lot of the uh, pros on Twitter were talking about it today and kind of hinting like, I think it's going to disappear over time. Um, well, maybe not disappear. I think they're saying usage is going to drop over time. It's probably not going to disappear. You're going to still see it every once in a while. I am hoping that the appeal and novelty of it wears off a little bit and people stop trying to click the funny button but yeah you have to have a plan for it because 30 percent chance to just wreck your game sucks because i think too we've just at least from from my time with vgc which i i will say like isn't it doesn't go back to gen 4 or anything like that but i've never seen this level of oko moves really be used and I feel like it's because there hasn't been a Pokemon that's been created in the last couple of generations that is built like Ting Lu. Having yeah. a passive ability that just minimizes special attack damage by just reducing the base stat, plus being so incredibly bulky with like an insane HP stat, plus an insane defense stat, on top of that great ability, it's able to just really sit there. And it's able to position itself around these other strong attackers like Palafin or, you know, a, a strong Arcanine or, of course, Fluttermane. And if it's on the field with something that can't threaten it, you might as well click that button. Because the worst case scenario is you is you miss. And then you're still on the field anyways, and then you can just click Stomping Tantrum the next turn. Or best case scenario, you hit something and it's just gone, you know? Yeah, I think it's just like the perfect storm, like you said, of the massive bulk it has and the stopping tantrum because it's it's like free, right? You either click stopping tantrum twice and get whatever 150 base power, or you click Fisher once, have a 30% chance to just kill the thing, 
or next turn attack with 150 base power move. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and okay, so moving on to just this, this last takeaway that at least I had Gyarados and Dragapult popping up a little bit in usage. Um, Dragapult, obviously, because it was on Justin Tang's team and he won with it in Fort Wayne, but it is really good. I mean, for the for the meta specifically, right? Now he used it with a with a choice band with Dragon Darts and Phantom Force, a Steel Terra type and U-turn. So with the benefit there of Phantom Force, for those that don't know, it's able to actually attack a a, a Pokemon even if they are protecting because it like attacks from behind in the, in like the lore, I guess. So it's able to basically attack through protect. And then Dragon Darts is coded to be such an intelligent move that it's dealing 50 base power to both targets. But if one of those targets is a fairy type, then it's going to double target the other. And then you're just like, okay, well, if I just protect, then it's only going to deal you know 50 base damage to one. No, it it's like... Okay, you're protecting, then that means that I'm going to deal 50 base damage twice to the other. If you pair that with Chen Pao plus give it the choice band with stab, I mean, it has two stab moves that are able to just basically hit around protect. It's so cool. Yeah, Dragon Arts is ridiculous. I like always have to look up the mechanics of how this move works because in my opinion, it's more like one of the more complex moves. It also like ignores fairy types. I'm pretty sure like if you switch in your Fluttermane to take it, it's going to say, all right, well, the other Pokemon's getting two of these, I guess. Yep, that's exactly right. If it's like, oh, if if it's in any way immune or blocked by the attack, it, it double targets the other one, which is great yeah. because if you're dealing essentially a 100 base power move, especially to some of the more frail Pokemon that may want a Focus Sash, it's going to pop that Focus Sash and then just take it out. As opposed to if it was just a 100 base power move, it might take it down to Sash. Yeah, it's a ridiculous move. And then Gyarados is a very interesting new addition to the meta. And I say this as someone who read Gyarados is, and like Gyarados in general is literally one of my favorite Pokemon but the way that it was being used in this tournament in particular is very interesting. They were taking that ability of Intimidate and they're saying, okay, it's a water type, which is always strong defensively. It has Intimidate, which is a great defensive ability. And then it's a flying type, which is also another great defensive typing. And it's also immune to Fisher. I'm going to use this and then I'm going to give it taunt or I'm going to give it helping hand or thunder wave. Whereas, you know, Gyarados of the past are going to try to just set up that dragon dance and then attack. These were much more supportive using like citrus berry or, you know, lumberry or something like that, staying on the field for much longer and supporting the rest of their team. I think it's a really great adaptation and, Something that, although I do like to see a lot of big damage coming out from a Gyarados because just, you know, it's it looks cool. But when you look at its base stats, its ability, its typing, it's built for that supportive role. Yeah, it's a really cool use of it, like you said. Um, the typing works so well to the meta right now because, like, one of the big things that you really want to try intimidating is Palafin. And you don't want to try and switching switch your Arcanine in to take that jet punch that it's coming at you with without having like the ability to tear it first, but Gyarados could just sit there and eat those. That's fine. 
It's really good into Tinglu right now because it doesn't really have much that could hit Gyarados and it's avoiding those fissures, like you said, and just stacking Intimidates on it. Um, the Taunt's really good for a lot of the stall setup-y things or like Amoongus, which is nice. It has a surprisingly good support kit, but then, like you said, it also has a pretty good attack, 125 base attacks. So when it wants it, it'll just whack something with Waterfall and put a big dent into it, kind of like we see with Arcanine doing Flare Blitz too. It's like helping out the team, but if it needs to deal damage, it'll deal damage. Yeah, because, I mean, Waterfall's still going to do a good amount. Plus, for those things that you are faster than, if you hit it with Thunder Wave and then you hit it with Waterfall, you got Paraflinch. So there's a good chance that although it may only be, like, chip damage, they may not even be able to move at all, which is even better, you know? Yep. And there's, Plus, like, not that many electric types in the format right now, right? It's, like, Iron Hands and maybe Sandy Shocks? That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, and I was scrolling down through, at least on Fort Wayne, there isn't a single Sandy Shocks on here in the top 47. And so just um, Iron Hands? It's really just Iron Hands, and that's susceptible to Intimidate. Right. So while you still don't want to take that four-time super effective move you are still being, again, in that supportive role. And then you have Pokemon like Fluttermane and Amoongus and Ting Lu that are then able to take care of that Iron Hands that's out there. It's almost like, honestly, at this point, the best electric attacker that you're going to have on the field is like a surprise Thunderbolt from Goldango or Fluttermane. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, ourselves recently, but... I feel like Fluttermane was running Power Gem a lot as that fourth tech move, and Gyarados might shift that to Thunder Thunderbolt. Yep, I can see it. I mean, it hits Palafin, it hits Gyarados, it hits Corviknight, which is also certainly popping up in usage. It hits, you know, Dragonite for at least neutral. And plus, a lot of them are then going to Terra flying, so then you still get, you get that super effective damage anyways. So maybe that's something for people to be on the lookout for. All right. So those are some takeaways. I think that was all pretty good. Let's just look at some of these teams specifically, and we'll go through them. Um, we're going to focus on Fort Wayne. That way we can be a little bit more in depth, but that's certainly not to take anything away from the folks in Sydney. They did a fantastic job. A fantastic job. I do want to just first take a look at uh, Liam Gilbert's team just as they are the winner. And I think that there is something of significance there considering they have a Pokemon on their team that is that is not on, or I guess two of them that are not in the top eight of Fort Wayne. So they ran Palafin with your standard set uh, two water attacks plus Haze Protect. Chen Pao. Very standard set. This one, though, no priority, which is interesting. It's Ice Spinner, Throat Chop, and Sacred Sword. We have Wikiberry, Amoongus, your standard set on that with Protect, and then Pollen Puff, Spore, Rage Powder, Life Orb, Fluttermane, which is interesting, with two Fairy Attacks, and then Shadow Ball, uh, Water, Terra, Gothitelle with Citrus Berry, Trick Room, Psychic, Helping Hand, Fake Out. I love Helping Hand on Gothitelle. Yep. And then also giving it fake out plus trick room as well. And then that way you don't necessarily need to have fake out on their sixth Pokemon in iron hands because you can do fake out and then it sets up sword stance or you can do trick room with, you know, rage powder, Amoongus or something like that. But the iron hands then is safety goggles with Terra type fire sword stance, drain punch, wild charge and protect again, another very cool sword stance set 
the fire Terra to avoid burns and the safety goggles to avoid spore. So pretty cool team, pretty good synergy. I mean, Chen Pao works with obviously Palafin and Iron Hands. Fluttermain is just always going to be great. Gothitelle to either set Trick Room or potentially even reverse Trick Room. No priority really on the team outside of Jet Punch and I guess Fake Out, which is a little interesting considering you see the the Chen Pao there, but I guess they value the damage in Throat Shop and Sacred Sword over something like Sucker Punch or Ice Shard. Yeah, it's interesting because like to compare it to some of the Fort Wayne teams, which we're going to get to in a second. Those the Fort Wayne teams with Chen Pao were like stacked with physical attackers. And this is like Chen Pao and Palafin and Iron Hands, which are two really good physical attackers. But it's not really like stacking the team to take advantage of Chen Pao. The other three are not benefiting from it at all. But if it worked, it's just kind of an interesting way to build the team. I agree. Yeah. Typically, you want to, you know, like you said, maximize that damage as much as, as you can. I've also seen teams where, you know, I'll play them on ladder and it's like they'll have the Flutter main and the Chen Pao out on the field at the same time, which you think, oh, that's a lot of offensive damage. But if for whatever reason you're able to be faster or move first for, you know, whatever reason, that Flutter main's taking a lot more damage than it would be otherwise. So just something to always keep in mind there where it seems like, oh, this is impossible to stop, but it could be detrimental to you as well. Yep, definitely. So again, massive congratulations to Liam, earning 200 CP, jumping up to 330. So I think that they got their Worlds invite, which is really cool. So congrats to them. Oh, sweet. All right. Now, let's look at Fort Wayne. So you want to go from top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, let's do top to bottom. Okay. So looking at first, Justin Tang, a.k.a. Panda, winning their second regional this year. Massive congratulations to them again. Um, very, very cool team. They are rocking <laughs> a Dragapult that they named D-Knight, which is interesting. Their um, whole team is like this. It's so confusing. And I think so that actually messed up like VGC pace when they tried to pace the team after the first day. Because they put it in as a Dragonite. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, our bad. So we'll, we'll include the nicknames then. So they have the Dragapult with Choice Band, Terra Seal, Dragon Darts, Phantom Force, Terra Blast, U-Turn, named D-Knight. We have the Amoongus named Wo Chien with Citrus Berry and Water Terra. Your standard... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say it. Your standard Wo Chien set. Your standard Amoongus set. Uh, we have Bundle, the Chien Pao, running the Focus Sash, Ghost Terra, which is neat. Sucker Punch, Sacred Sword, Ice Spinner, and Protect. Chi Yu, the Arcanine, with Safety Goggles. Flying Terra type. This dude hates Fisher. <laughs> Protect, Extreme Speed, Will-O-Wisp, and Flare Blitz. We have Mimi, or Mimikyu, the Flutter Main. Booster Energy, Moon Blast, Shadow Ball, Dazzling Queen Protect. Uh, the Fairy Terra type. And then Dozo, the Palafin, with Mystic Water, Protect, Wave Crash, Jet Punch, and Haze. A lot of fairly standard sets, at least from the item choice and the move set. Some interesting Terras in there, like that Arcanine. And of course, I'm sure the the uh, the EVs are going to be a little bit different here and there. But I think the, the Dragapult is the one that probably tripped up a lot of people. That speed stat is just insane. It's like, what, 142 or something? It's the fastest thing in the meta. And then with that Chen Pao combination, it's doing a ton of damage. 
Yeah, and like uh, anyone who's team built for Reg B or Reg C knows like, oh, what are the speed benchmarks you're trying to hit? You're trying to outspeed bundle. And all of a sudden, oh yeah, there's this other Pokemon that we forgot about that's faster than that. That's kind of messing with everyone's speed calcs now. Yeah, and this is a really interesting way to build this because, so I, I, I wasn't, did you happen to see in the final, was it special attack boosting Fluttermane or was it speed boosting? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Because it would make sense that it would be speed, right? Because the, then the combination of Fluttermane with booster speed and Dragonite with just choice band, those two things are then faster than everything in the meta outside of booster energy bundle. Let's see if I could find his team. All right, I got his full paste up with the EV spreads. It was speed. I think speed, yeah. Okay. That's Pretty cool. Bulky. That's that's a really that's a really neat way to to do it. What is the what is the EVs if you don't mind? Uh so it is 100 HP, 244 defense. It is bulky. Wow. 44 special attack and it's modest. Four special defense and 116 speed. Got it. Uh, okay. That ends up. Oh, sorry. That actually ends up being special attack boosting. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. I was wrong then. So that's then. Yeah. So then you basically know that unless something is is boosted, you're going to be faster with Dragonite. And then of course, I'm assuming it is max speed on Chen Pao. Uh, Chen Pao is yep. Jolly okay. 252 252. Okay, so that's going to then going to speed tie with with everything at that 135, that crowded 135 speed tier. Yep, Dragapult um, is not max speed, 212, right? Yeah, it's 142 base speed, 212, which outspeeds uh, bundle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very strong. It's one of the one of the coolest pseudo legends that they've ever made. You know, using that that Giratina type combination and then making it super fast is really neat. Yeah, my view on Dragapult is like a little skewed because I mentioned a few times that I started really following VGC during Sword and Shield, and I feel like it was really good then, both in like a max role where it doesn't really get the best uh, ghost stab, but you're able to kind of co co compensate for that with whatever the max move is called. Oh god, I don't even remember anymore. Um, and it also had like a support niche for Surf and to Colossal and all this other stuff, but it kind of really fell off in in Scarlet Violet, and I like. I've barely seen it. Justin's the first one that really brought it back. Yeah, and I'm glad they did because it is it is a really cool a really cool Pokemon. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how it how it'll fare if it has staying power or not. But it definitely is a speed tier for people to be aware of. Speaking of speed tiers, hello. Oh, Tony, what's up, man? What's going on, man? I finally made it. Woohoo! Thanks so, for thanks for popping on. I appreciate that. I, I'm probably. In the lower speed tier because I got here really late, but <laughs> nice. You're a trick room runner. Yeah, um, there you go. No, I'm like that awkward like base sixty where it's like I'm not too oh, good for trick God, room. And that sucks. Not too good for uh, anything else. How's but yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on though. So uh, what's up, man? How you doing? Um, I was playing Reg C, and it's hard. It's so hard. I don't know how far you guys talked about everything, but I mean, like just seeing the last regionals where some teams didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's hard. There's yeah. definitely some of like the, the lower, like outside of, I mean, the top eight is, is pretty standard, which like, you know, you're going to see that, but then almost immediately, once you get into that, you know, these were the day two teams. I mean, you start seeing doc spun 
Jumpluff. I mean, Alberto Lara bringing his Klefki and Corviknight. There's a giraffe that Wolf brought, you know, so, which first is fantastic. Of all, <laughs> it is fantastic. I, I saw the health Vivalon on the giraffe. 25. I, I saw the health on the giraffe. I was not happy about that. I was like, oh, Wolf. Why? Why, Wolf? <laughs> um, Jumpluff, though, I... I I really like that someone brought jump puff because early on in Reg C, I was like, I'm going to try it. Like, I think I could do it. I th- or it was end of series two. I wanted to try jump puff because it's, it, you know, it's fast. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know if you guys already did this, but if you did already, I'm just going to do it again. Um, one of the people in our server has probably the most infamous team that we have ever seen. That's right. Pack. We have not talked about this, but our not. very own Latte. Yeah. Shout out to Latte for the team. It is uh, number 37. It is a TCP. Yeah. They beat some big names to get there, too. They beat uh, Ryan Lacetto, Save Life BGC, who was in the finals for the last regional. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know, it's like Sheer Force Braviari, Choice Specs Gardevoir. You know, you can just go on Victory Road. You'll see the rest. But, I mean, you know what? Shout out to him because that mm-hmm. is the most wild team. And I think everybody thought the same thing. It was like, what the fuck is that? And I, he he made day two, seven to one. Mm-hmm. Seven to one. Yeah, rolled into day two. It didn't barely scrape by. I think like- Salty Dolphin played them at... Orlando and then also again in Charlotte because they they mentioned they're like I played I played the the Tinkaton player again. It's a neat team. I mean, Mystic Water on Azumarill but then no protect so it's kind of like an assault vest set but not fully fake out on Tinkaton. I mean, kind of standard Meowskarata set. No protect on it. Iron Moth. It's wild. Yep. They were cooking. We all thought it. It's just like holy shit. What is going on? Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know what? It, it, I guess the goal was achieved, and I guess that's all that matters is, you know, what was it? Just pure pressure, just like forcing you to do everything you have to to like stop it from yeah. happening. I think so it's so it was- cool because it forces you to just like have a feel for your team because nobody's running these calcs. You know what I mean? Nobody's running, oh, how much is Spec Psychic doing against me? No, no. one's running, how much is. How much is sheer life force? Form, life life body slam from a brave wild. So cool, and that's such a. I love that interaction since you know you don't take any any chip damage from life orb because of sheer force, but you get the full damage effect of it. So it's did, just doing did they fun. bring that back? Because I, I remember in Sword and Shield they took that away. Did like they? Sure for- no. Yeah, no, sheer force. Was was, no, sheer force was trash in Sword and Shield. With life or because I thought the reason it was trash was because it didn't it, it wasn't part of the max moves. Yeah, no, that's why. It it took the chip too, I think. No unless unless it was like only in max and then like they got rid of it in max completely. But I remember I was like, oh Kingler with Sheer Force and Life Orb and G Max, that's gonna be dope. And then I tried it and I was like, I'm taking chip. I don't like this now. Oh, I think the the reason they did that is because the the effect of the G Max move overwrote what was happening. Right. Sheer is Force. Is, I'm not involved. Sheer Force does not affect Max moves, neither powering them up nor removing their secondary effects. That was the issue that you weren't actually getting a boost for it with Max moves, but Unmax yeah. is the same thing. Yeah. I I I mean, I think 
then it was just like, who had Sheer Force that was worth it? Nito King. I love Nito King. It's I mean, Nito, yeah. you, you know what? I wish it was still here, but it's unfortunately not with us in this gen again. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if it comes back. But speaking of coming back, let's let's jump back into the the top eight just so we can move through these. So it is Joe bringing a non-ruined team. Not only a non-ruined team, but I want to say it's the same exact team. No, it is not. It is a very similar team to what they had at Charlotte in the sense that it was obviously no ruins because you didn't have it at Charlotte. But it is King Gambit with Assault Vest. And it looks like the same set, potentially. Iron Head, Sucker Punch, Assurance, and Terror Blast with Terror Type Flying. We have Amoongus with Citrus Berry, Water Terra, Pollen Puff, Rage Powder, Sport Protect. Same Terra item and moves as the Charlotte team. We have another Fire Type Safety Goggles user. Instead of it being Arcanine in Charlotte, it is Talon Flame with Ghost Terra, Flare Blitz, Brave Bird, Will-O-Wisp, and Tailwind. Interesting. It's uh, Flare Blitz over Taunt, which I am a fan of because Fire and Flying is is pretty good coverage, especially not having any other Fire types or Fire attacks on the team. Then, <laughs> okay. Then we have another Ghost Fairy type. Instead of it being Mimikyu, it is Fluttermane. Uh, we have your Choice Specs set, this one with Terra type Fairy. Standard moves and then Thunderbolt as that fourth tech option. Then we have the, looks like the same Iron Bundle. Wow, this is really a similar team. Because it's the same Iron Bundle with the Ghost Terra, three attacks protect. And then in it's instead of one ground attacker in Great Tusk, it's the other in Garchomp. This one is Life Orb, Fire Terra, Dragon Claw, Stomping Tantrum, Earthquake, and Protect. That Earthquake, of course, beneficial with the Terra flying on King Gambit and Talon Flame with the flying type. And then, of course, just a couple of protects sprinkled in. Cool team. I mean, it, it takes advantage of the of the Ruin Mons, I guess, in a way, um, because that's a, a big part of the early meta is not necessarily using them, but being able to play against them, you know? I I think the, the one thing that I do want to point out that, like, is kind of interesting is the choice of Garchomp over uh great tusk and it's like showing that the meta is like becoming a lot more fast paced so it's like oh like unless you scarf your great tusk then you want chomp because it's naturally faster anyways and hits almost the same i agree that garchomp's a cool choice i know that there was a little bit of noise about garchomp after whatever the last regional was charlotte i think about how people are kind of sleeping on it um, and everyone's using Great Tusk everywhere and people aren't really giving Garchomp the respect it deserves. I know we were playing around with it a little bit on some of the teams that we were working with. It's cool. It does a lot of damage, obviously. It's naturally outspeeding the base 100s, which is pretty important. Um, Dragon and Ground is pretty good coverage into most things. So it could really just start tearing holes for the other team. Otherwise, I don't know. A lot of the stuff that we're seeing on the team is like, what we're used to with AB Gambit, Booster Bundle, and Specs Flutter, and Amoongus, and Toe and Talonflame. Yeah. Joe just executed really well, as he tends to do. Yeah. One of the things that I was noting when I, when I was watching the final, and just when Joe, whenever Joe was on stream, his ability to position that King Gambit when predicting 
Arcanine switch-ins was amazing. Like, I can't tell you how many times he I, I saw him get that Defiant boost, you know? And then with the Terra-type flying plus, you know, Sucker Punch or, you know, Assurance or what have you, I mean, he's very, very good at being able to tell when Sucker Punch is going to hit versus when it's not, and then you got to do Assurance or when it's going to live something. I was just very impressed by seeing that because King Gamba is already strong, but if you can get into a position where you're going to get that plus one from Defiant, I mean, that's that's great. That just puts your opponent very much on the back foot. And like every team just about has some sort of Intimidate, so it was getting a lot of usage. Yeah, I mean, Intimidate's on one, two, three, four of the top eight. Using King Gambit is a skill. I will say that because I tried it. I mean, like, it's one of those ones where it's like, it's always there, but it never feels like the star. And I feel like the people who do know how to utilize it definitely make it shine. So I think, I think, yeah, Joe did make it shine. I think that was, it, it definitely showed the skill level. I agree. Well, from one King Gambit shining to the next, let's move on to this third place team, Luca. Tregoot rocking a very cool team. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. It is Fluttermane, Amoongus, Arcanine, Halifin, <laughs> <laughs> Tinglu, and also King Gambit. Now, the King Gambit, though, we definitely want to talk about. Uh, the Amoongus, your standard set. The interesting thing there is Terra-type Steel, which is cool, and Rocky Helmet, which is neat. That helps with those, you know, basically everything, especially with I think that's really great for for Chen Pao. That seems to me like a, a Chen Pao answer. The steel type Terra is nice, and then the that way you can resist the uh, ice attacks, and then you can pop that sash with the Rocky Helmet. Plus, Rage Powder is just going to be good, you know, redirection and get that chip damage out there. Uh, your standard Mystic Water, you know, three attack or two attacks, Haze Protect on Palafin. Your safety goggles on Arcanine. This one, though, is cool. Flare Blitz, Will-O-Wisp, E-Speed, Howl. Howl is popping up. For those that don't know, since Howl is typically one of those early level up moves in Pokemon that we just give up on early, it raises the attack stat of both you and the ally Pokemon on the field by one. So using it on a bulky Pokemon such as Arcanine is great to be able to support your Palafins, your Tinglus, your King Gambits, your Garchomps, what have you. And a lot of Pokemon get Howl that maybe you not maybe wouldn't necessarily expect. So if you're interested in a move like that, check it out. This it one also is works through Protect, which is yes. a big deal huge yes whereas something like pollen puff or whatever you know wouldn't so yeah how how is very cool in that regard i did yeah like how we got a yeah. booster energy on flutter shadow ball dazzling gleam moonblast uh we have salt vest on ting lu this one with a grass terra type stomping tantrum ruination heavy slam and eq and then the return of the black glasses terra type dark King Gambit with Kowtow Cleave, Sucker Punch, Swords Dance, and Protect. This thing is just damage on damage on damage. And of course, with Howl, I mean, it just sets it up very easily. This is this is neat. There's a lot of interesting text on this team. I mean, the Grass on Ting Lu, 
the howl, of course, the you know Rocky helmet making a bit of a return that sort of faded out once Population Bomb Mousehold sort of faded in regulate or in uh, Regulation A, I guess it was called now, retroactively. This is a cool team. This is this is this. There was an instance on on stream where Luca got hit by you know four or five fissures, and they kind of left early without really saying anything to their opponent, Fiona. I get it. You know, it's like. It sucks when that happens because, like, the chances of getting hit by like eighty percent of them when it should only be happening thirty percent of the time, it's not there. But you know, if it happens, I feel like you kind of just got to throw your hands up and be like, "Well, this sucks." But that's just it is what it is. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm sure if I'm in, in that position, I'm getting tilted too. So, <laughs> I mean, I think this is the first in-person rage quit. So, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's not the first. Maybe just the first one we've seen on stream in a while. Yeah maybe but like it, it this is the most reasonable one like i think i think uh wolf said it pretty sure wolf said it i don't know if you guys heard yeah we, we talked about that a little bit fissure. yeah yeah nobody respects fissure unless you're clicking it was were, were his words that i don't i don't i don't want to use it i don't want to use it against me but i don't mind using it so who knows true uh will what do you what do you think about this team what sticks out to you I really like this team. Um, if I were to like grab a rental right now, this is probably the one that I would grab. Unfortunately, yeah. Cybertron beat me to that. So <laughs> I say that along with like half of the VGC community right now. But it's a cool team. I think Hal's a really cool tech. This King Gambit that we talked about on the last podcast, I'm pretty sure it's just like, <laughs> it looks so fun to use. I was oh, yeah. like, yeah, I'm just sitting with the dark type attack. What are you going to do about it? Yep. I think I Hal with King Lou is a cool idea because it'll just sit on the field and stack those attack boosts and start doing some big damage. Yep. Yeah, the combination of Howl plus Pollen Puff, whether you're out there with Arcanine or Amoongus, both of which are pretty good at being able to, you know, support it either with Intimidate or redirect with uh, Rage Powder. It, it's it's a cool, cool combination, cool build for sure. Yep. What about you, Tony? I tried that in Gambit, and I can't do it. It seems hard. It seems it's hard. It's really use. hard. Like. Because it's like on one hand you're so used to assault vest King Gambit or Goggles King Gambit. I don't. I mean, you also always want Iron Head. Like when I played it, I was like, oh, I'm gonna Iron. Oh wait, I can't. <laughs> um, and it's, it's being slower. Also, kind of is like is kind of like w- trying to figure out when you have the chance to set up Sword Stance. Yeah, that's the big thing. Because like one Sword Stance and that negates like Iron Head being super effective and dark hitting for neutral or. <laughs> resist to neutral but you have to like figure out what that opening is and then once you grab it yeah you're just gonna start rolling things well it's also the just like you have uh chiyu you have a bunch of chiyu still even if it didn't like cut like as much as everyone as i thought you know there's a bunch of chiyu so you got arcanine everywhere um it's definitely one of those ones where it's just like do i do i tear a dark or do i want terra fire because you know, Terra Fire gets rid of the Will O' Wisp that could happen. Um, I mean, it's really hard to use, and I like Lucas' team. I, I it has so many cool decks that makes it stand out from all the other balanced teams. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, it's literally just like one, like one thing off or two things off from the next two. Yeah, but it, it's a balanced team. Yep, it's just a cool one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're gonna play a balance team, this one looks more fun than the other balance team. <laughs> that is a good segue into the next one that we're gonna talk about. Fiona Simikevich, I believe. 
And we, were we have making enemies. <laughs> what? That was That's a good enemies. attempt. <laughs> I know. I just I just want to make myself feel better. I'm not gonna say the next one. But... So my 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 last name used to be very close to that. So I, if if it's in the in the uh, more traditional Polish way of saying it, it would be Kevich at the end as opposed to like Kewitz. But uh, I don't know. Is that um, a Polish flag? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can only see the the bottom half of the red. Maybe that's what I was wondering. I was like, why is it on, why is it only half a flag? Uh, so they got Ting Lu with Stompy Tantrum, <laughs> Heavy Slam, Ruination. And fissure uh with terror type water assault vest. And we got loaded dice backs. Cool, cool team. Uh icicle spear, glaive rush, ice shard, protect, and terror type water. Uh your citrus berry amungus with your standard stuff. Booster energy on flutter with grass terra. Three attacks plus protect. Its name, its nickname is Final Haunt, which is so cool. I yeah, love cool. that. It's just like it's yeah, it's creepy, but it's like neat at the same time. Gyarados with Lumberry Terra type Steel, which is neat. Waterfall T Wave Taunt Helping Hand. Its nickname is Air Fleet. Actually, a lot of these names are really cool. Um, the next one is Lava Shelter. <laughs> that is the Chi Yu uh, Choice Scarfed with Ghost Terra Heat Wave Dark Pulse Snarl and Overheat. We talked about it before, but Snarl not typically your like high damage attack it's just really to drop that special attack but with chi yu it's attack with its special attack stat and its ability and beads of ruin snarl is actually a pretty good move yeah this is a this is a cool team it doesn't have lava plume to proc thermal exchange which maybe <laughs> i don't know they want to do that in the future but it's not worth it as someone who did it it is not <laughs> worth it <laughs> but this is our first instance of that support gyarados popping up this is a cool team I like uh, loaded dice on Bax Caliber. That's such a fantastic item that they introduced this generation. Yep. Getting that guaranteed crazy. 100 base power is cool. It's kind of crazy, like how uh, how many P- how many Pokemon could actually use it. Like I was just going through because you know I'm really trying to team build, and you know sometimes you hit those desperate times and you look at <laughs> like certain things, right? And um, somehow I got to Skull Villain. And I was like, oh, it learns bullet seeds. So loaded dice, bullet seeds. Skull Down villain. bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> when you get to the skull villain line, <laughs> I think you've gone too far. I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually seeing a lot more booster flutter main than specs. Yeah, I think recently. that was like a thing for Fort Wayne that most of the flutters were actually booster. Which I guess it's makes it. sense. And then they're like, and they're, you know, some of them are special attacks, some of them are speed, I'm sure, but definitely seeing a lot more. Let's see, top eight is one booster, one specs, two booster, three booster, four booster, five booster. Second it's a speed specs. game now. It's it's not about being the bulky boy anymore. It's about like who's gonna hit first and who's gonna hit harder. Because Which is interesting because there you think almost the ruined mons might want to slow that down a little bit. Well the some of the ruined mons speed it up, if True. you think about it. like, you know, Chen Pao just like helping Dragapult nuke everything. You got Chi Yu helping Flutter Main nuke everything and Iron Bundle. Iron Bundle could nuke things too. Like, it makes you wonder, like, because what? It's a bulky bundle normally now, or like a like semi bulk. But like, I wonder if 252, 252 is just going to come back and it's just like all speed, all special attack. 
Just die already. All righty. Well, that is the top four. I don't want to have this go on for too long, so we're going to cut it there. I highly suggest you all to go check out the rest of the top eight and just Fort Wayne in general because a lot to lot to talk about there. Um, I did want to just briefly, though, first touch on, before we move into the over-under prediction results, um, Nails' team. Yeah. They had solo dozo, so no Tatsugiri. It was leftovers with water veil, which if you're not familiar with that ability, you know, it's fine because it doesn't come up very much, but they cannot be burned. Terratide grass. So this is actually something, didn't Omega in our in our server yep. talk about this at, at first? But it's basically like you can't be put to sleep, you can't be redirected, you can't be burnt. And then it was protect, liquidation, yawn, and heavy slam. The yawn comes into uh, consideration later. This is Choice Band Multi-Scale Dragonite with Flying Terra, uh, E-Speed, Low Kick, Terra Blast, Outrage, uh, Focus Sash on Iron Bundle with your standard stuff, except it does have Encore instead of Icy Wind. We have Choice Specs Skulldango with Shadow Ball, Make It Rain Trick, and Thunderbolt. We have Fluttermane with Booster Energy, and this is where the Icy Wind is teched on, Shadow Ball, Moonblast, and Icy Wind. And then the interesting piece... Poison Terra Tinglu with Lumberry, Stomping Tantrum, Protect, Heavy Slam, and Stealth Rock. Yes, Stealth Rock, typically a singles staple, has made its way into VGC, just like Toxic Spikes has from Glamora. But they're setting it up manually. And the combination of Stealth Rock on Tinglu plus the forced switch from Yawn of Dondozo... And then just a lot of damage elsewhere. Very cool. Because a lot of people are, you know, setting up those damage calcs to be able to live like, you know, have a deal like 99.6% or whatever. You throw stealth rocks into that and it just throws off all your math. Yeah, it's a really cool team. Uh, I think between this and like the origination of the what is now known as Semper Sun, Nels is showing some pretty cool creativity this season. Agreed. And they're all very bulky, too. I mean, multi-scale Dragonite. I'm sure it was a bulky Fluttermane. Ting Lu and Dondozo. Goldango's just got a great typing. Very cool team. Nails is like, you can't add Sempra to this team now. <laughs> this one's not a Sempra team. There are two choice items. True. True. This, um, you know what? This, this whole tournament's wild. Just all the teams are wild. Yeah. It's been, it, it was it was it was a great introduction to Reg City, I think. Two two shadows, two shadows. So that's all I need. All okay. I need. Okay. One wolf, obvious giraffe. Praise sure. praise the giraffe. And then uh, Pinkman, Jesse Romolo, with the Terra Bug Iron Treads with Megahorn, number ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why. There you go. Yeah, Ironhead Megahorn on Iron Treads. That that is very cool. With your oh, Dozo wait. Tatsugiri. Did you guys see the most cursed match of all time? No. It, it was the Obama Snow with the weakness. Oh, with the old oh, yeah. and stuff? Oh, yeah. No, in, the, in the Iron Bundle with King's Rock, and it just like double freeze two games in a row. Yep. It was, it was wild. wild. Yep. That was like, it. that just kind of showed. It's like nobody knows what to expect in Reg C. It's like everyone's like, yeah, it's all balanced. And it's like, most of it is, but I mean, it's not all balance right now. True. Like some of this, some of this is wild. You know, you got 
Terabug Iron Treads. You got Howl coming back. You got Stealth Rocks being actually viable. Support Gyarados. Like, <laughs> like if you the more you say some of these things out loud, it's like, oh, maybe this is weird. Dragapult yeah. one. So get out there and cook something up. Try to predict what the meta is going to look like in some of these upcoming events, just like we did trying to predict what Fort Wayne was going to be. Um, so we had a couple predictions that we went through on the last episode. Uh, which Ruinmon will be on the winning team? We either we selected either Chi Yu or Ting Lu because we thought, sure, that was absolutely going to be the case. No, it was Chen Pao on Justin's team was the winning Ruin Mon. Next one was what what we do we think was going to be the most used day one. Will was the only person to sel- correctly select Chi Yu at 33% usage on day one was the most used Ruin Mon, which makes sense as it does pair well so so well with Fluttermane. Number of teams without a Ruin Mon in the top eight, all of us selected under. The 1.5, that is correct. There was one. Came in second place, and that was Joe. Uh, which Paradox Mon will be the most used on day one? Will straight up called this a free space, and he could not have been more right. It was Fluttermane at 64%. I was very wrong <laughs> with Great Tusk. Just, <laughs> just trying to shake it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was all Fluttermane. Uh, number of weather setters. A couple of us picked under that 1.5, and it was just one with Torkoal. And the last one that allowed Tyler to secure the victory in the predictions, will there be more Palafin or Dragonite in the top eight? Three of us selected Palafin because Palafin balance, surely it was going to be there. But it was actually Dragonite edging it out three to two in the top eight um, for Tyler getting four of those six correct. So kudos to them. But I'm interested to see how the meta builds from there. It should be pretty wild because just like you said, Tony, it seems like everything could be viable at this point. Everything is viable at this point. Yep. I mean, you know, I really thought Wo Chien was just going to be this big-ass menace. And then Chien Pao and Chi Yu just like threw it down and just like throw some respect on my name. Ting Lu too. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe it was so good early on that people were, were prepping for it and then it's just sort of like they all got beat out, you know, early on. Yeah, I think it became the type of thing where like early on people did not have an answer to it. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, that thing can actually just one verse for you if you're not ready for it. Yeah. But it's not hard to have an answer for it. And then what you do, it's not really doing as much. Right. Well, cool. Gentlemen, that is the podcast. Thank you both so much for coming on. And staying with me to the end. Thanks, uh, Will, for, for coming on, of course. And uh, thanks, Tony, for coming on later. Um, so, guys, I really do appreciate it. Will, start with you. Say goodbyes. Goodbyes. <laughs> and Tony? Hasta la fuego. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Class dismissed.